Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Well, it's been quite, quite a week, week. <laughs> you know. Pat Mahomes Sr. Was there ever a moment where you thought that there was a chance your son was going to be playing for the Bears? Well, they told him that they were going to draft him. So, initially, he thought he was going to be a Chicago Bear. Oh, my uh, God. Can someone pass me some Patron? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> the that- greatest quarterback I've ever seen could have been a Bear. With the second pick in the 2017 NFL Draft, the Chicago Bears select Patrick Mahomes, the second. I don't even want to be around anymore. Patrick Mahomes is here talking to his father, Pat Mahomes Sr. Yeah, Dad, it's it's so nice that you're here with us today, and I, I just want to thank you for teaching me everything that I know. But the one thing that you didn't teach me, or you shouldn't have taught me, is to put ketchup on my well-done steak. Can you, can you tell these guys why I grew up eating steak like that? Was it your fault? Was it mom's fault? Was it Jackson's fault? I don't know who it was, but I had to thank you for it. That was awesome, whoever that was. <laughs> That's our producer, hey, Shane. It's awesome, That's right? the guy you've been talking to, Pat. Yeah, you... that was awesome. I actually thought I was talking to Pat. <laughs> Mike Pereira, lead NFL rules analyst over at Fox Sports. This this referee assist thing is <laughs> it, it, it is so confusing why is replay assist used when is it used what is happening here why don't i understand it if i watch this much football i don't know because i'm starting to not understand it either look great has technology made officiating worse do you really want me to answer that <laughs> i think the officials themselves are better i think the officiating's worse and i think it's the technology i could say right now that maybe the most important person when it comes to officiating is not the referee is not the side judge is not the back judge it might be the replay official <laughs> dave wants to shane wake up Spigs is here. Come on, we gotta have a little. Yeah, Spigs is here. It's a special occasion. Tanny, we gotta have another little taste because Spigs is here. Yeah, that's a good point. That's Celebration, good. coach. That happens once a month. It's five o'clock somewhere. Well, that's a good that's point. Right. Luke Getze is coaching one of the teams in the Senior Bowl. This is his moment to really flex as a head coach. So here's Luke Getze from the Senior Bowl. I'll always be myself. You know, I'm not someone that's going to be going to tackle somebody, but uh, I like to bring juice. Is that why the media guys liked him so much? He delivered juice, which was a nice touch. I like to bring juice. Yeah. Big squirt guy, right? He likes that weird <laughs> squirt soda. Not a fan, by the way. Really good with gin. Really? Sure. Really good with gin. Really? Yeah. Ray says it's good with tequila. And a racist to put the tequila on, right? Oh, no, he said it. Is what you Yeah, mean. I'm not just offering up because his last name is Diaz. <laughs> that he likes tequila. No, Speaks. He did, said it. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but Speaks made that. And then connection. I tried to put it on Shane. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. You're passing off your races. Yeah, it didn't go well.
And Shane swatted it back at you. Bad yeah. guy. I gotta tell you, that sounds like the same kind of garbage we were hearing 40 years ago about players. That really sounds like garbage. Mr. Campanas, I know it's noisy there in the in the Astrodome, but let me try my question again. You know, we call today Feel Good Friday, so I'm trying to stick to that, you know? <laughs> I like it, I like it. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Friday, baby. Afternoons on the score. Hell of a week so far. We will try to send you off into the weekend doing our very best form of whatever this nonsense is that we do. Fun week. I agree. Fun week. Nice to be back. Five in a row. We hit the over. Yeah. On the uh, four that you put out there in the daily promo on Monday, although it's possible that you were thinking all the four of us. But here we are. Um, I like doing this show with these people. Even when, there's, me. <laughs> when there's not a lot going on, I do love Wani wanting to have a drink because I'm here. Yeah, Give me a second pour of bourbon. Spinks is here. It's very exciting. It's a special occasion. Yeah. Got to commemorate it. That man, he's something special. He really is. Yeah, he's the greatest. He just gave me good vibes uh, all day yesterday. Then I watched the Bulls. And the vibes uh, stayed, uh, you know, pretty good. Is there a positive vibe in here right now? I think so. I think so, Mark Grody. Yeah, the Bulls. The Bulls. The Bulls, the Bulls. Well, the trade deadline's coming up in six days. And so these games feel uh, almost like referendums on, you know, 16 months. You know, as opposed to just four quarters of basketball. Mm. So, so it's a to me they're they're weird, they're weird watches. They're, they're they're uncomfortable watches because these guys seem to know it. Like I, I remember, you know, around the, like uh, like Wilson Contreras at the trade deadline. It was like when it came and went. He was like, oh, I was so relieved. Like remember or Ian Happ? Remember when Ian Happ was like, oh, I was so relieved. And yeah. he was giving big hugs because because he was still here. Uh, I don't know if the players are going to hug in that way, but I feel like Bulls fans need a hug. <laughs> like, I, like, I'm like, I'm like February 9th uh, when the deadline comes and goes with whatever version of this thing is left. We all just need to be like, hey, this season has had basically nothing enjoyable about it. We got it. We got here yeah. to this point. We've and now, now, now we know what we're watching. The rest of the, for better or worse, or whatever moves they do or do not do, we'll at least know what, uh, in the fork in the road moment, what path they've chosen. I do feel like, as I watch them play, that Zach is playing and running and living with 100% of the baggage that is constantly being talked about with him. That of late, DeMar is playing and living with that baggage, especially last night was my perception of it. The one guy that doesn't play with that and live with that, because there's also been times where it feels like Patrick Williams is walking around and playing and going through his paces, knowing that people are wanting him to be more aggressive and he gets caught between, should I be trying to be aggressive? I know that's what everybody's saying, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, He seems to be in a, a better place with that these days. Nikola Vucevic just keeps going, man. Yeah, and, and as I think, consummate professional. Don't you agree? Like, as, when you think about, there's obvious limitations to his game, and 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 it's weird. His fit is strange, but that dude shows up and is the same guy every single game, every single night, and that is something to respect for sure. Another double double last night. Uh, offense seems to move better when it's operating with the ball in his hands. Good passing big man, and they beat a Hornets team that just beat them, and the Hornets are trash. The Hornets are awful. They, they're they in the Wembenyama 
sweepstakes. You know, they, they, they're, they're awful by design. And so, you know, blowing out a team uh, at home that just beat you in embarrassing fashion mm-hmm. when you were a six-point favorite at their place and they won going away, uh, and you win that game by 16 points last night, I'm not really going to give them a whole heck of a lot of credit no, for, uh, sure. for winning that game. It got, it, the whole thing had kind of a weird vibe. I know there were a lot of weird numbers that Burnsy and Holmes went over, but the whole thing had a weird vibe because the two stars were not the stars last night. It just it, it, it wasn't about them, and, and, and you wonder why it... It went that particular direction. Well, so here, this is, uh, we're going to have Adam Amin on at 3 o'clock. Here is Adam Amin, Io DeSumo, talking about, we'll just say, another weird inflection point of leadership or lack thereof in this bull season. Best shooting night of Io DeSumo's young career, a season I tying 22 points and 9 of 10. Io, this was a night where Zach and DeMar aren't having their best shooting nights, but you, Kobe White, Andre Drummond all stepped up big. What does that tell you about this team going forward? I mean, um, I, I, I sent the text out in, in the group chat today early and just, just um, had to try to explain the urgency of the season. Um, we have 31 games remaining now, and, you know, every game matters. We can't afford to drop any games. We have to go out there and play, you know, like each game is our last. And we did that tonight. And uh, that's just my mindset the rest of the season, trying to go out here and uh, finish the season strong and go out with a bang and just try to keep keep winning and, and, and keep building great habits for our team. So Io sent a text in the group chat. <laughs> he is saying it as a positive. And we like Io. What's not to like about Io? You know, he's got some limited upside, but local kid made good. Second round pick having an impact on his hometown team in his second year, displaying leadership qualities. Okay. He's not supposed to be the one sending that text. He's just not. It's not supposed to come from him. Long season. Um, young young blood trying to show that he understands trying to show that he gets it and, and maybe I, put a voice out there. But, I mean, how many – listen, I know the group chat can be active. It can be an active place where, where everyone's chiming in. But, man, we've already heard of, like, three or four different players-only meetings this year. You know, like Dragic and Vooch kind of going at Zach. Mm. Then Zach and DeMar getting called into the coach's office to stop talking about your turn, my turn. Then they had the the game after Indiana. Vooch said, "Yeah, we just kind of talked amongst ourselves. Like, hey, did a coach have to go into the locker room because the guys were all screaming at each other? But then they didn't have to. And then there was that whole reporting fiasco around. Now Io's like, hey guys, we can't afford to lose any more games. Yeah, man, you're sixty percent of the way through the season or whatever it is." You're not a playoff team. You said there's only 31 games left. Yeah, it's just it's it's embarrassing. So I, it is it is embarrassing. You, you need that text before you play the Hornets at home. Well, the I, Hornets. I don't know, man. I it's, I, I know, know it's just a text, but like, come it, on. It's a 23 year old feeling what is a leadership void, and they've been playing like there's a leadership void. Now you know, like like I I've been in. Group texts with the band. We've had group texts, obviously, with the show often. Yeah. And say, and and is there a definitive leader? Sometimes somebody who doesn't usually step up and say, "Hey, let's do this," feels the need to step up, wants to step up, and that's on IO feeling that and it's stepping good. up. And it, it, it is good. It's a, it's a, it's, it it's, is it's, healthy it's, overall. It's healthy overall. It's 
But but it's, it's telling. not good that he felt that he needed to say it. That's it, man. It's that- okay that he said it, I suppose, even though it's a little weird, I feel like. But it's a 12-person team. There is a true hierarchy. There are max players mm-hmm. and veterans and all-stars and old guys and young guys. And, yes, we have one old guy on this show. But, like, in general, like, we are the four. Tanny, can you believe he calls you out like that? Man, it's so rude. It's just, so you're rude. just so mature is what I mean. Uh, but, no, like, it's. The elderly adult in the room is what you always call <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, that's what I always say. But no, it's, that Geritol sponsorship is coming through. It's just, it it's just. It's pathetic that there's a leadership void. And that he thinks that it's ne- it's needed to be said before a game against the Hornets at home. Yeah. The, well, that should be a and I know they they can't take anything for granted and they've played down to their opponents this year and who do they think they are? They can't just roll the ball out there, but I mean, if you're sending a text before that game, you should send a text before every game. Hey guys, remember we're not good enough to overlook anyone. Uh, we really need this game. See, I, I do understand the idea that, you know, it's a long season and it takes different things all the way through the season yeah. to, to get you going and, uh, and, and keep, things, keep things up. But a lot of teams don't need it because their leaders are that guy. Their leaders are that dude who finds a way to motivate or just by the way he shows up and the way he plays and the way he prepares. He is that guy. Yeah. Zach is not that guy. He does not know, appear to be that guy. We know he's not. Yeah. We know he's not. When he's the one who screwed up the, the inbounds pass the other night and he's not really copping to it, when he is his when coach, Billy sits him. Billy sits him and he says, I feel like I've earned the right to be out there, and it translates into effort and, and excellence for a week. And then it kind of goes go, goes back to what it is. So their leaders are are not that guy. Damar was supposed to be, though. Like DeMar, at least in terms of lead by example and work ethic and his version of the Kobe Mamba mentality yeah. and bringing Patrick Williams out west and the three-a-day workouts and all that. Like he, he was supposed to be no nights off, lead by example. When we do have a bad showing, I'm going to be sure that we're good and we come out there and do that sort of thing. Like yeah. he, he was supposed to be that. And he, he is that to an extent. He is taking Io under his wing. He's trying to take Patrick Williams under his wing and show them stuff about, about work ethic and such. It's just, it's not there with the consistent two-way effort all night long. And, and the thing is, like that moment just bothered me a little bit, but they just don't work together as a team. And I don't mean they don't like try. I just think mean that they don't they don't work. The pieces do not add up to it might be better apart than together. You know, it's just it's just not complimentary. It's not uh the the margin for error is very very small. They don't take enough threes. They don't have enough two-way players. They don't pass well enough. Like it, it's just a it's it's just not an appealing brand of basketball. It's not a winning brand of basketball with the pieces as constructed, and, and, and I, I they they know it by now. They yeah. felt it. They knew it last year. Yeah, as they hit the as they hit the playoffs, they knew it. So, Texter says, Danny, when are you going to admit it was a massive mistake to sign Zach? No, I'm not. Again, you could say it was a mistake to trade for him. I don't think it's a mistake to sign him because you still would get something for Zach if you traded him right now. And maybe they will. And maybe they will. So this is is what Charles Barkley had to say. It's very brief, but here's what Barkley had to say when the subject came up. 
Chuck, do you keep Levine or you move him? I, I, I think you move, move him. Kobe White, personally, for two. I mean, they're not going anywhere. You got to start over at some point. You can't play to be the eight seed and the play in all that junk. Man. So, man. So, Bill Simmons got back to writing today. Kind of. It was a very tough piece to read over there on, on the ringer because you had to, like, it wasn't just an article. You had to click and expand and collapse and all that. And he did his uh, trade value rankings column. He ranked the top 75 tradable assets in the NBA. So not the guys that will be traded, but basically if this person was available in a trade, they would get the most, right? So Giannis was number one. Tatum was in the top five. Steph Curry's in the top five. Jokic is in the top five, right? Not that you're going to trade those guys, but he was basically just ranking assets uh, in, in the NBA. And on Zach Levine, this is what he wrote. And he put it into the, he was grouping them off. And in the group that he labeled Zach Levine as, he labeled it buyer's remorse. Mm. Tore his ACL in 2017, had surgery on the same knee last spring, signed a big extension anyway, and yup, that knee was still bothering him until recently. In December, we had reports of Zach and DeMar DeRozan feuding on the falling apart Bulls. In January, he averaged 26 a game and looked way more like Levine, although he's been at least a second-team all-NBA bad body language guy. As the Bulls ponder blowing it up, here's the question. Is Levine a good stats, bad team guy, or better? Is it a coincidence that he's played only four career playoff games? Who's spending $215 million through 2027 plus picks to find out? He's in trade machine no man's land, and you wouldn't give up both unprotected Lakers picks for him, but you're not getting him for Dorian Finney-Smith, Dwight Powell, Jaden Hardy, and an unprotected first either. I bet he stays in Chicago. Mm, so that latter one is the Utah deal, is a pos- or, excuse me, Dallas deal, a yes. possible Dallas deal midseason yeah. to go be Luka Doncic's uh, sidekick. But it, but it, so why I won't admit that signing him was a mistake was because if you just didn't sign him, yeah. you lose him for nothing, and if you traded him tomorrow you'd still get something for him. Look, Simmons right there saying three players and an unprotected first-round pick wouldn't be enough to get him. Now, those aren't very good players, but the point is, Zach Levine is still an asset. He might be a depreciating asset, mm-hmm. but he's still an asset. You know, I, I, look, I, I understand why you won't admit that it was the wrong thing to do because of the something-for-nothing issue, because he is still an asset here. Yes. I keep zooming out and trying to think back Think back to the day of the trade um, when you and I were working together on top of the London house and Jimmy Butler gets traded and here comes Zach. Ooh, what do we have here? We got a guy who can score. We got a guy who can shoot. I know he's a high flyer, but there's been injury problems. What do we have here? He's not a willing defender, but he can score. Think back to when Sacramento signed him to, what was it, four years and 85 mil to the offer sheet that the Bulls decided to match? Four for 78. Four for 78. And I remember tweeting that night, man, I don't like matching it. I don't like matching it because he's just not a winning player. He's not a willing defender. I know he's a scorer. And everybody was coming back at me saying, understandably, no, but he is a scorer and, and you need guys like that and he could improve. And I'm not, I am not at all saying that like I've been right the whole time because I've vacillated. And in, and in fact, last year I said, yeah, I guess you, you do have to sign him. It's a begrudging signing where he's a max guy and you have to sign him. Well, what four, I, for, four for 78 was 
I mean, he made two All Star teams since then. Yeah, you, you know, you had but but when you do that and 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 you move forward, then you're you're basically saying we believe he can grow into a winning player. And I I, I want to know: Are there lessons that we can learn from this whole thing, from the Zach experience? Because I sit here now feeling very convicted that he's not a winning player. That he is, as Simmons writes there. A guy, a stats guy on a bad team. As as our buddy Jason Goff used to say, somebody's got to score points on a bad team. Yeah. That is Zach's lot in freaking life, and I think he's cool with it. And he's going to make a lot of money. He's cool with it. He's cool with being a stats guy who's not necessarily on a winning team. Maybe he'd like to be on a winning team, but he's not willing to do everything he has to do to be on a winning team. I I, I feel pretty convicted about that. But so, so, you, but so you believe that if Zach was on a team with Joel Embiid, he's not a winning player? Or if he's on a team with Giannis, he's not a winning player. Like, if, like if you just like swapped if the, if, out, if you swapped out Chris Middleton for Zach Levine, do I think that you know, Zach is the is the effort guy on both ends? The guy who runs the screens exactly right the way that Middleton no, does. I, the guy that busts his ass. No, I don't think Zach is no, that guy. No, I, don't, I, don't, I do not. I don't think that he'd be a, all of a sudden a great two way player. But I think in a situation that is perfect to complement his skill set. Right, like if you if you had Drew Holiday next to him mm-hmm. and he had Giannis defending the rim, sure. If you got a comp- if you got a, a roster that compensates for him, you got a you got starters and complementary players that compensate for him, he'd be better. It, but no, he wouldn't be Chris Middleton. Uh, see, I think that he'd be great in that spot. I think I I think because he would be like he would take a lot of the offensive end of the court pressure off of those guys. Okay, and, but but again, but that's. Not everybody can be in that spot. That, that's not a great compliment to Zach. It's just I don't think he's so terrible that he would like sink a championship organization with championship pieces around him. I don't believe that he's a cancer. I don't. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't. I don't think. I don't think I he's that. I, I haven't said cancer. I, I, I haven't either. But, but I, just, I think but, sometimes the conversation. I know you haven't. I'm just saying there is a scenario in which Zach Levine plays on basketball teams that win in the postseason. Yeah. Uh, uh, sure. Sure, sure. That, 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 sure, uh, if everything is absolutely right. And maybe if Lonzo were here and healthy and being himself, it would be a step towards everything being absolutely right. And you'd have some compensation for what he does not bring. But, dude, if, if you're a guy who responds to getting paid by still not bringing it, and not just defensively, but in terms of executing the play, as Billy tries not to bust toss him the other night, but basically did. You're still that guy? Man, I, I don't know if you're going to stop being that guy at some point. And, and I want to figure out, should we have known? Should we have seen? Because I, 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 I do think people can get better. I do think people can change and grow and everything like that. But if we saw some of this stuff in Zach four years ago, five years ago... Should we not have supported the investment all the way back then? Should it have been a trade conversation about Zach before we let it get to the point where it became the no-brainer that it did last year? Oh, I got a name for you that I'll throw at you, see how you react. There are now teams lining up, according to Shams, to trade for Kyrie Irving. We'll give you those names and lessons to be learned from this Bulls implosion before we talk to Adam and Mean at 3 o'clock on the score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Put him in the hole. Put him in the hole of fame. Parkinson Spiegel to the wreck. Killed it in a foul. We're going to crank it up. Well, we expressed that desire, you know, for all past year. 
also after the season that we want continuity and we want Zach to be here for a very long time and that hasn't changed. That's Arturis Karnishevis from his appearance with uh, Mully and Haw back in June, you said, Tanny? It's February. Would have liked to have heard from him more recently. (laughs) (laughs) Well, after the deadline. I assume we will hear from him in about a week. I I assume we will hear from him uh, next Wednesday in some sort of press gathering. And if not, then uh, shortly thereafter. But, uh, yeah, man, like, I... Listen, I know I am in the extreme minority at this point on the Zach Levine situation. I try to judge it from like what you knew at the time and what the moves on the chessboard were at the time. Because I'm still saying they should blow this thing up. Like If you got a great trade for Zach, I'm not saying he's untradeable. It's far, 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 far from it. You didn't want to lose him for nothing. I didn't want to lose him for nothing. And people were like, well, they would have had the cap space, but not... You can pay your own guys more, and then there aren't other players that, again, like the guy, he was coming off back-to-back all-star appearances and a gold medal in the Olympics. We've talked so much about the Bulls' reputation around the league and how they attract free agents or don't, and are they an organization that is good for star players or it isn't. Like, and, and they clearly want to be known as an organization that's good for star players to the point that they sometimes don't coach them up too hard. Right. So just, so, hey, back-to-back all-star, gold medalist, go sign a four-year max with someone else. Yeah. We don't want you. I don't believe would have been a good thing for the Bulls in a big picture. So it's not that Zach is the best player on a championship team. Not that he is uh, as good as the other players like Trey Young or Luka who signed identical max contracts at the same time. Mm-hmm. Not saying that. Right. But you didn't have the option to sign Luka or Trey Young. Well, you had the option to either sign Zach or lose Zach. Those were your options. Well, I'm not trying to relitigate last offseason yeah. or rehave that conversation because yeah. I think. You're here now. Uh, I'm, I'm here now, and I'm really I'm trying to relitigate four years ago. Five years ago, when the question, as you just phrased it, this was the conversation. Do you guys think Zach Levine could ever be a number one on a championship team? Right. Way before you had to make a decision to pay him. You as a team builder, and it was John Paxson at the time, and then, of course, it's Arturis and Eversley when they take over. That's the question they should be asking, and how quick could they get to the bottom of that? Does he have the makeup? Does he is he enough? We knew he's not a two way player. We knew he wasn't Clay Thompson when, right. he, when yeah. healthy. We we knew that hundred percent. Yeah, and and so so do you invest in that guy when he's not Clay Thompson? When he's not, all right, maybe he's a better scorer than Chris Middleton, but he's not the defender and doesn't have the motor that Chris Middleton does, or whoever you want to look around and compare him to. And I feel like if I could go back, and obviously I have the the evidence of now, yeah. But there were some people saying passionately, "Man, that dude is not a number one on a great on a great team. He's not even a number two on a great team. He's a number three on a great team." So when you talk about, I think he would be a winning player if he were Chris Middleton, who's a number three on a great team. Like that's, that's he was not- a two, but yeah, I mean him, him or Drew. I mean, right? Middleton's been an all star. Yeah, but, yeah. but but like it's not worth paying that dude max money when that's what the situation that he needs. When you got to compensate for him with all those other dudes, and I'm and and. And I, I wish we'd known, and I want to know next time. I, I want to get smarter so we can know next time. And 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 
So, so what lessons can we take from it? What could we look at in Zach's past and look at and say, you know what? There, he was he was never a two way guy. Um, he wasn't really a facilitator in terms of a passer, even when they asked him to be a bit more of a. Just point doesn't make guard. other people better. He doesn't make other people better, man. Uh, that, I think because because right, if you if you are a great passer, you make other people better. If you're a great defender, you make other people better. If you're a great scorer. You're a great scorer. It's an it's a very individualized skill in basketball. Now it obviously helps the team. It's a great skill. It yeah. does help the team. It's essential. And a team like the Mavs, who have Luca, who makes everybody better, and need a great scorer. Yeah, maybe Zach's a perfect fit. You know what I mean? Like, like Zach will be a good fit for somebody. But man, that's not a dude I want as my one or my two. And and I'm gonna try and take this experience into our future evaluations. And, and that makes sense. And I, the texture says, do not invest in one-dimensional, low-efficiency, non-creating guards. It's that simple. Oh, that's good. Uh, that's Z- well said. Zach has had pretty efficient stretches of offensive basketball, but I understand the point. Because he's such a good three-point shooter. Yeah, and he's a good free-throw shooter. I mean, he's, he's, Zach's a great scorer. Mm. When he's healthy, Zach's a gr- Zach, he is a great scorer of the basketball. And he has, at times, been a very, very efficient scorer uh, of the basketball. That's the only quibble I'd have with that text. The, but again, don't pay those guys. If you're talking about like way back then, okay, that's what that's what you got to be as an evaluator. You gotta you gotta be ahead of it. You can't let it get to the point where you have no choice but to pay those guys. And then here we are. Yeah, but I I still think like when you get so like think about that trade right. That trade was Chris Dunn the rights to draft Lowry Markinen. Yeah, and Zach. Obviously, Chris Dunn ended up being huge miss. Lowry Markkinen is an all-star for somebody else. Yeah. Probably never was going to click here. And Zach's been an all-star twice for you. You actually acquired quite a bit of talent in that trade. Yeah. Talent. You just didn't develop Lowry. That's you, on that's on you. You didn't develop Lowry and you didn't maximize what Zach was, which might have meant packaging him right. at, at a later date. Yeah, and you didn't build around Zach. The roster isn't complimentary to Zach's talent. It's redundant to Zach's talent. Vooch is not a two-way player, neither is Zach. DeMar's not a two-way player, neither is Zach. Those are your three highest paid players. Mm. So that that's also on the organization. Lonzo would have been extremely complimentary. DeMar not. Like, right. like pairing DeMar and Zach is a real odd sort of desperate fit as you look at it stylistically. Correct. And and so like that and that you could say this is excuse making for Zach. That isn't on Zach. That's on Arturis, who needs to wear a lot of this blame mm-hmm. for this team being a bunch of puzzle pieces that don't fit together. And I just I I sit here today and I say why I still would pay him is because it's not like you can just not trade him. Someone will take him. Someone will take his contract. Mm-hmm. Maybe now. Like it, it, it might happen. Might it, happen in the next six it, days. It might happen in the next six days. And by the way, I'm fine with them moving anyone not named Patrick Williams. Just for the record, like for everyone who's like Parkins, you're a huge Zach defender. I am, mm-hmm. but at this point, these pieces just don't fit. It's so weird, man. So, so. Yeah, absolutely. The way this league is constructed, the way the cap works and the way that these players are, there is a a begrudging willingness to take inferior players and inferior fits just cuz you have to do something. I forget where I read it. Maybe it was Zach Lowe, but somebody was writing up how Zach could fit with Luka in Dallas and was essentially the write-up was that 
it might come to a point in Dallas where they have to find Luca a sidekick, comma, even if it's not exactly the right sidekick. And how Zach would be that guy that you're like, oh, let's look around. Let's see what's available and who's available. And no, you'd rather have a great two-way player and a great defender, but you can't get that. So go ahead and give Luca Zach and then try to compensate with your other spots. Yeah, I mean, Luca and Zach would be pretty awesome on the offensive side of the floor simply because Zach's a really good catch-and-shoot three guy. Would space and, it beautifully. And, and there's basically no one in the league at this point that collapses defenses better better than Luca. Right. And, and like draws more attention. And he could take breaks on offensive possessions while Zach does some hero ball with his matchup. Yeah. So I I mean like I think that maybe you'd say you'd rather have like a big for Luca because then he could also protect the rim. He could rim run on the offensive end. Luca could throw him lobs mm-hmm. and things like that. But but Zach is a very good catch and shoot three point scorer who yeah. also could just like you said give him some breaks offensively. That's pretty damn good. For for a guy like Luca, but and then in a couple again, years they'd be looking at it going like, boy, I don't know if Zach is a great number two on a championship team. Yeah, well, because because neither one of them are lockdown defensive players. Yeah. Well, and Luca, I think actually is a pretty damn good defensive player. He just uses more energy on the offensive side of the floor than any player in the league. Mm-hmm. That he that like the human body is not capable of also being a great defensive player. So that really hurts him on the defensive end of the floor. But yeah, so I mean, but again. I think that the Lakers would take him. Take Zach? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you'd have to it, I mean, you'd but, have to take on Russ's contract. I mean, are the Bulls at a spot now where the best in order to get out of this, they need to take on Russ's contract and take an asset or two for 2027 or 2029. Those are the those are the two Lakers picks. Yeah. It's so weird, man. It, and now Kyrie Irving is here. Yeah, and apparently not here in Chicago, but Kyrie no, Irving. Is. No, 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 no. That would be a big story. We'd be doing some breaking news. <laughs> Uh, but apparently the Suns, Mavericks, and Lakers have all uh, emerged as suitors for Kyrie, oh, who man. last week asked for a long-term contract extension in Brooklyn. And then they said no. Yeah. And now they're now he's asking for a trade. Life comes at you fast. Don't get in. Like, for everything that Zach is, he's not that. No, it's, he's, it, he's that's not true. That, he's not that, which is the lowest bar possible that I've just set for Zach to be able to climb over. Then, So this summer is then going to be... Kevin Durant sweepstakes again, again, yeah. Because because if 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 Durant's vision in Brooklyn is all blown up, and and Kyrie's going to leave for whatever they get, they're not going to get enough in this deal that makes Kevin Durant think, all right, cool, I'm I'm staying there. But the the, the Nets are the four seed. I know they're they're not. They've been they've had stretches where they looked like the best team in the East. Yeah. So so and Kyrie's choosing to blow that up for his own completely personal self interest. Who could have seen that? Coming? It, it was it was a real <laughs> it's a real shocker oh, to to the ecosystem. This freaking league, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I I just want our He per- is one of the absolute professionals <laughs> at missing work. Yeah. Uh, wow. Skip was talking about you. That's very cool. Or no, uh, Stephen, Stephen A. A. Stephen A. He was talking about me? He was talking about me? I fumbled the joke. Wow. Yeah, you see what I said? He is one of the absolute professionals at missing work. We're Spigs. Wow, Stephen (laughs) A. talking about you. Nailed it. Man, what are you talking about? Five in a row. Smooth as Five in a row, Tanny. Deal with that. Who texted uh, or somebody tweeted at us, Teddy? In a row? Yeah, yeah. Somebody tweeted at us and said, "Would you keep uh, do something to keep my ten year old from walking around the house going where's Spinks?" 
<laughs> We're spigs. <sighs> I love when we earworm people with randomness, like especially that. impressionable youths. Yeah, yeah. That's that's good parenting, though. That's good dadding by that <laughs> by that gentleman. Where's Spigs? Where's Spigs? Uh-huh. Uh, Adam Amin, good old number one. He took down Jason Benetti in Agrest's power rankings. Did he frame the Sun Times? <laughs> well, is he using in contract negotiations? Projecting. We talked number one. We talked to good old eight, number one. Eighteen and five. Talk to number one next on the score. Number one. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places. It's that time of year. Cash the ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni. We shift the focus from football to college hoops, getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups and have an eye on some future plays too. Search Cash the Ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.